Hi everyone, I'm Allie Stone and this is Discovering Hospitality. Now for most of my life, I've worked in the hospitality industry and even more specifically in restaurants. And in the past 15 years of my life, I've been a partner with the Original Joe's Franchise Group here in good old Edmonton, Alberta. And this has been such an incredible experience for me. Honestly, it's been a lifetime worth of learning and living that could have never been taught by any educational institution. And truthfully, it's provided me with the opportunities that I continue to deepen in my career as, as a leader and a coach and an entrepreneur. So if you're listening in and you're in the industry, you know that we have an incredible culture of people, stories, and experiences that don't often get shared with the world. And it's my hope that through this podcast, we can peel back some of the veil of our industry. We can peel back some of the layers of that onion, so to speak, so that the people we love that aren't necessarily a part of this industry can start to learn and see why we all love it so much. Now, this industry is all about people. It's about connection and it's about love. And if you don't love the word love, that's totally okay. Maybe interject the word care, but it truly is about connecting. Now, we have a saying in our organization with Original Joe's and State and Maine, and it's that people make the world beautiful. And I've been so lucky to be a part of that for so many years now. And now I have this incredible opportunity to share some of the amazing stories of our industry with the world, with all of you, our listeners. It's my hope that these stories will warm your heart, Uh, They might make you laugh and they might even be stories that make you cringe or think a little or change the way you see things. It's my mission to help all of you see how incredible hospitality people are and how committed they are to taking care of each other and other people. So without any further delay, let's dive into this week's podcast. I'm so excited you're here to join us. I'd love to introduce my special guest this week, Jordi Viver. How are you, Jordi? Good, thanks. I'm excited to be on here. Thanks for being my guest. I, I really appreciate you taking time <laughs> to hang out with me this week. I think, yeah, both of you know, I'm stuck in I'm stuck in my house for the next five or six days waiting some COVID results. So I found, you know, I figured that this would be the best way to finally get my ass in gear to join on your podcast so um, it's yeah perfect timing yeah you had no choice in the matter so once once I knew you were home it was the perfect week to do it (laughs) how did we meet each other Jordy the first time (laughs) the first time was when I came down for Palooza and I said I wanted to meet Chris and Allie Stone Chris wasn't there (laughs) Hadley brought me to see you and you were busy organizing blues. I'm like, hey, you're great. Can you take a picture with me? I was going to send it to Mandy. And this picture is so funny. I still have it on my phone. And you, the look on your face is just like, who is this tall, skinny kid? 
wanting a picture with me. But I was just like so blown away by the stories yeah. I heard. I was like, no way I'm getting to meet you. You're like a celebrity to me. So um, yeah, that's how I first met you. And yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I remember Hadley being like, sorry about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like running around with burgers, making people stuff them in, my, in their mouths. I'm like, I, I don't even know why this kid wants to talk to me. I'm just doing like terrible things to people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, that party is a really, really good time for sure. Um, okay, so I, I really just like to start uh, these interviews off with you just telling maybe the listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of your journey through the hospitality industry and, and what that's been like for you. So anything you'd like to share, uh, totally open. So give us your story, Jordy. Yeah, so... Uh... First off, again, I'd like to just thank you for inviting me on. Um, you know, you've given a platform a platform for so many incredible people to share so many different stories, you know, thoughts and viewpoints um, on so many different things in our industry, and I'm really excited to be a part of this. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was I was born in Kelowna, BC. Uh, went to school there until I was about nine or ten. Uh, my dad had gone up to work as a directional driller up in Fort St. John, and he would be gone for a month, a few months at a time. And my mom was working at Canada Post at the time. And it started to get really difficult on, on, you know, my mom at the time. And, uh, yeah. So my dad decided to up and move us to Grand Prairie. Um, now Grand Prairie was only a couple hour drive from Fort St. John and, you know, back 12 years ago, uh, Fort St. John didn't have much. So he wanted to move us somewhere that, you know, would give us a bit more of a life in terms of things to do. Um, and we moved up there on a two-year plan or something along those lines. And uh, yeah, we blew that out of the water a little bit for sure. And, you know, I'm glad we did. Um, but yeah, through school, I grew up going uh, through the French immersion program. So I'm bilingual. Um, I actually come from a Métis heritage that I'm super proud of. But uh, anyways, I got super lucky, actually. Um, you know, I was reminiscing a little bit. Coming into school as the new kid, things could have gone really wrong for me. Um, yeah, I just, I guess as a new kid going through bullying, it could have, but it never did. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong, there was some rocky roads along the way, but I found a really great group of friends um, that stuck by my side and I stuck by their side and we're still friends to this day. We went to Mexico together and yeah, I'm just super grateful um, for that, I guess. Um, so but yeah, going through school, I never really had decent grades up until high school. I was always a bit of a class clown. Um, the famous line we would hear in parent teacher interviews was we love Jordy, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think I was a bit of a, yeah, it was a pain in the ass because I was friends with everybody and I got along with everybody, you know, the teacher, you know, I'd be goofing off with a group in this corner. So the teacher would move me up into the other corner and I'd be just goof off with them too. Um, so I definitely think I was a bit of a pain in the ass in school, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I also played some high level volleyball through our high school team. And um, I also got the chance to go play um, in Alberta winter games through the Canadian Francophone games. Um, and then in my senior year, I was offered a chance to go and try out for Keanu College up in Fort Mac. But unfortunately, I had injured my shoulder pretty bad in provincials that year and didn't know yeah, what else I wanted to do with my life at that point. 
because um, I had to, yeah, I obviously had to major in something. Um, so I never ended up going or pursuing that. Um, but instead, I chose to go to culinary school. Um, so fast track about nine months. I attended Pacific Institute of Culinary Arts on Grenville Island in Vancouver. Uh, I got to meet some really inspiring people, got to do some really crazy cool things. Um, I went on the morning show as a student, helped my head chef with some prep, worked at an event with Chef Vikram Vidge, who was a dragon on Dragon's Den at the time. Um, got to do some work at the Fairmont for the International Wine Festival, where I had to help peel 1,500 grapes. Um, for those of you that don't know, grapes taste different with the skin on because of the tannins. Um, and yeah, I don't know how many of you have are able to say they have peeled a grape, let alone 1,500 of them, but I got to do that um, along with a bunch of smaller events there. I helped, uh, this is pretty cool, but um, yeah, I helped cater an event for Chip Wilson, the founder of Lululemon, but unknowingly, <laughs> I found out afterwards what that was about. Um, and then, yeah, I got, I got to go on a few stages at some of the top restaurants in Vancouver and, you know, got my basic wine training through WC. Yeah, lots of cool opportunities arose from that. And I'm super grateful for all this experience I got to go through, um, you know, and although I was super fortunate to get to live with my auntie and uncle, um, and, you know, I had the support from a lot of extended family there. I had moved to Vancouver when I was 17, a couple weeks before, about a month before I turned 18, I moved to Vancouver. Um, and yeah, I felt like I was missing out on a lot, I guess. And I guess you could say I got homesick. So um, my journey brought me back to Grand Prairie. <laughs> um, I came back, worked a few odd jobs here and there, and then started working at OJ's as a bartender. Um, my mom and dad had been regulars there for you know, since they opened, so the entire staff already knew me and my story, hearing hearing stories of me growing up. Um, it's a little off-putting, but yeah, I went in there for my, you know, my 18th birthday celebratory drink, I guess, um, a few months after. I tried doing introductions, like, yeah, yeah, we know you already. I'm like, okay, that's odd. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, you know, almost five to seven years, I would say every close, at least once a week, I would say every almost Monday, I, I had teriyaki chicken wings or OJ's chicken fingers for dinner <laughs> for, yeah, close to five years growing up. Then I got that job at Original Joe's and I was stoked. Um, I had started bartending, um, found a new passion for being around people. Um, I moved up in management super quickly um, and opportunities kept presenting themselves and I kept taking them on. Um, and uh, yeah, I moved to Edmonton and switched brands for a while. I went to the state in Maine and Windermere as the GM there for about eight or nine months. And yeah, now I'm proud to say my journey has taken me to become one of the youngest managing partners in the company. And I'm about to embark on the craziest adventure of all in November, December, when I get to open my first location from uh, the ground up in Beaumont. Um, which is about seven to 10 minutes outside, outside of Edmonton. So not too far from where I'm at right now. So uh, yeah, that, that has been my journey thus far. It's pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> and I was saying to Chris, I was like, you know, Jordy's going to come on the podcast today. And he was like, Oh, I'm really excited to hear Jordy's story. And I was like, you know, that guy's lived a lot of life already <laughs> for yeah. how old he is. My, uh, so I did an orientation last week 
with a few girls and we were, I was telling my story. It was about 15 minutes of me chatting. And at the end, I told them how old I was. And they were like, what? That's all happened. You know, like all this has happened to me in a matter of two years, really. Right. Yeah. And they're like, I thought this has been like 10 years, you know, a story last 10 years. I'm like, no, like this has been two years, man. It's been, it's yeah. been freaking insane. <laughs> okay. So I want to back up a little bit because you talked about some cool things that I didn't even know. Um, first of all, I'd like to talk a little bit about your volleyball career. Now I did know about that, but I want to know what it was like, um, being a part of such a, like an elite team and being in a place where you were kind of not kind of, you're being recruited and, uh, you know, going to all of these championships and, and, uh, what was that life like? You know, I don't want to say I was an ungrateful kid because I was quite the opposite, but I just don't think I... I don't think I really understood what I was involved in at the time, right? Like I wasn't present. <laughs> um, I was, I was, I mean, young, I was a young kid and I just, I had, I had an ego <laughs> um, and yeah, I didn't really, it wasn't up until, you know, a year or two where I really started appreciating everything I got to go through, but it was crazy. I, um, I am, I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of friends throughout the province, which is really, which is really neat. Going to Alberta Winter Games, you know, it was about competing, but behind, you know, off the court, you do activities together. You, you, you know, you would sleep in the same gymnasium, right? So you got to, you got to know, I got to know so many people throughout Alberta. And then when I got to go to nationals for Francophone Games, I got to, you know, meet a bunch of people across the country, which was really, really neat. So I got to go to Ottawa and yeah, represent Alberta for the first, um, first ever Francophone Canadian Francophone games. So um, looking back at that, yeah, I just, I got to, yeah, it was just something I got to be a part of that was super cool. Yeah. And life is, I wouldn't call me a jock by any means, but yeah, life, yeah, life was super healthy, right? Like you had to be very conscious about everything. Um, worked really hard. <laughs> I'm not yeah. the strongest person, you know, I don't have lots of muscle, but you know, you had to be fit, right? So the lifestyle that came along with that. Um, I was super grateful for, I guess. Um, I grew up in a hockey family as well. My dad played a lot of high level hockey and high level volleyball when he was younger too. And my brother played a lot of hockey and, you know, yeah, we just, I come from a sport family. So um, it wasn't really something that was different for, you know, wake up and that's just how my life was, right? Yeah, so obviously it's a very healthy lifestyle. Is that what made you interested in going to school for culinary arts or like what brought you there? No, actually, it's funny because the other thing that I was doing with, I guess, or in my life at the time is um, I was actually competing in some culinary competitions uh, through high school. Um, so I was in food class and the food teacher, you know, asked if I, yeah, if I was interested in this Skills Canada competition. Um, and I said, sure, I love cooking. Um, I grew up cooking with my grandma, you know, my Nana, my grandma. And yeah, it was, it was a bit of a silent passion of mine, I guess. And um, yeah, I, I, that's kind of what brought me into, um, I guess, the path of choosing to go through culinary. I didn't have anything else really going for me. I love cooking. Um, and yeah, I guess my, you know, my, the choice to go to culinary school really um, fell into, yeah, I felt pressured into going to post-secondary, I guess. Um, I had a really smart group of friends that, you know, were going on to become engineers, doctors, lawyers, etc. 
and I had never really had any of the grades to go on and do any of that. Um, and all I really had was some volleyball I played, which was great. But again, I didn't have the grades to, to take that any further. Um, so yeah, all I had was the culinary arts stuff that I was doing through skills. And um, that was the only thing really I had going for me, I guess, and that I could see somewhat of a path to. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up applying and getting accepted into culinary school. What was the what's the experience from culinary school that's like top of the cake for you like that was like you're like that was the highlight of my time there but what was it for you i definitely say i you know i worked a few events at the fairmont um so part of the program you know vancouver they, they, they're very well connected, right, in the culinary world, I would say. So, um, yeah, students got to go and take on lots of cool, you know, join in a lot of cool activities. And I wasn't shy to sign up for any and all that I could. And I did some really cool stuff at the Fairmont. Uh, meeting, yeah, Chef Vikram Vidge was super cool. Um, I was, I'd, I'd watched Dragon's Den growing up, and he was a dragon on there. And I thought that, like, he was like, yeah, he was a huge celebrity for me. So I got to, yeah, I got to meet him and chat with him and it was, yeah, that was super cool. Um, and then, yeah, I, I actually trained under a um, classically French trained Japanese cook. So he, cool. uh, yeah, I got to learn some Japanese cuisine along with, with everything. So that was super neat too. So, um, and that's kind of what, it, yeah, expanded my love for the Japanese culture, I guess you could say. What do you think has been some of your most defining moments as a leader? It seems like as soon as you entered the hospitality industry, at least when you came back to Grand Prairie, you're very quickly in a leadership role and, you know, growing. And what do you think have been some of the defining moments that have brought you to where you are now? And, and what would you attribute those to? Um, well, for one, I really think that, yeah, the most defining moment for me um, as a leader root in, I guess, the, the people I've chosen to surround myself with. Um, I've been mentored by some really incredible people and have surrounded myself with some intelligent, loving, caring, patient, and, you know, a or such a diverse group of people. And everything I've been through in the last two years, you know, wouldn't have been possible without those people kicking me in the ass um, when I needed it, whether it be, you know, my family, my close friends, or my work mentors, you know, like you, Mandy, Carrie, Kim, Hadley, Clint, Nicole, um, the entire OJ's crew in Grand Prix, or the entire state main crew in Windermere. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful for every single one of them for helping me along the way. Um, but I would, I think, like, in a, a specific moment, I think I would have to say, yeah, the most defining moment for me was when I decided I wanted to um, and was ready to move to Edmonton. And then, you know, from that point, my life really changed for the better, I guess, um, allowing myself that chance to be open about the possibilities and opportunities is what really changed my perspective on what I could accomplish if I was to be intentional about things. So, um, yeah. Well, I love that. I think that's cool. It's uh, sometimes it's hard, you know, like in the moment to know what, you know, these decisions you're making and what they're going to do for your life. Right. And I'm sure leaving Grand Prairie was hard. It was like leaving your comfort behind. Right. And like, that's not always an easy thing to do. So that takes like a lot of courage. 
and you know i look at you now and i look at all of these things that you're accomplishing and i think it's just a very cool story of courage and um and leadership right <laughs> somebody who's willing to you know walk the talk so um, yeah, I, yeah. I saying that um it sounds cheesy but yeah my my life got thrown for a whirl a little bit and i literally did look at myself and be like listen this is where i i see myself going and this is you know i'm not going to let anything stop me from getting there but um you know you mentioned comfort and you know i you know what i what i like to say and i say it all the time but comfort and growth don't coexist and um that has been something that i have been saying for two years i have been uncomfortable needless to say for two years but um yeah it's really what gets me through everything is you know comfort and growth don't coexist is what i just you know i repeat that self you know that that's that to, to myself day in and day out <laughs> Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> it's like if we're too if we're too comfortable or if I'm too comfortable, I know I need to do something. Totally. To get get my butt in gear, right? <laughs> yep. Otherwise you're just not really going anywhere and it's kind of boring. No. Kind of. You know? Magnet, man. Yeah. So what does the term taking care of people mean to you? Hmm. That that's a good one. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the easiest way for me to articulate this would be um, to just be there for people. Um, it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, black, white, gay, straight, old, young, male, female. Um, show respect. Be present in the moment. Show them an open heart and an open mind. Uh, be kind. Be empathetic towards them. Um, but don't be afraid to uh, do what's necessary to actually take care of them. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time, but there is a difference between taking care of someone and making them happy. Um, and as leaders, we have to sometimes make hard decisions, um, but those decisions are a reflection on how we can best take care of someone. Um, and, you know, for example, do you think bringing a server into the office and telling her she has an attitude problem is gonna make her happy? Probably not. Um, you say, you know, you, you, tell a, you tell a server she's got an attitude problem and it's not going to go exactly how you think it would, um, surprisingly. But uh, yeah, in order to take care of that person, um, we have to be the ones to let them know from a bird's eye view how they're perceived and, you know, work, work hard through trying to understand that because if we don't, the attitude could lead to something a lot more serious than intended. And I think... Um... Yeah, I think it's such a good point that you bring up too, because I feel like that was a lesson I didn't learn right away. And I struggled with that. And I wanted to take care of everybody in a, in a, in a good way, not in an accountable way when I first started leading and yeah, bit me in the ass totally. <laughs> more yeah. than once. Right. Well, and this is and, something I've only learned very recently. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a little time. But once you learn that, I actually think that the people that you are leading are very happy that that's the type of leadership that they have too, because people want, they want to know what the expectation is. They want to know what they're being held accountable to, and they want to know how, you know, what's the best way to handle the situations that are arising. But if we're not coaching them on the hard stuff, we're not doing our job really you know we're only doing it halfway 
something I really love that we that we do in this in this company is we don't have write-ups we have escalated coaching steps is what is and that's how we frame it and you know I'm blown away and I think this is the biggest learning opportunity the biggest learning opportunity I had was you know I had a couple really hard conversations I'm like you know these people are going to hate me after two or three days our relationship was stronger than ever <laughs> I was like whoa I'm like, you know, I, you know, I didn't give it to them lightly and we're good now. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think with that accountability comes like almost like an accountability loop or circle. Right. So once people understand what your expectation is of them and they know you're going to hold them accountable and they respect that, it's okay. I don't care. Hold me accountable. I want to know if I'm (laughs) stepping out of sight outside of the boundaries that I set for you as a leader too. Right. And so you get, get into this place where you have this like, kind of like, magical synergy <laughs> with your team and I love that phase when you get there it's it's really really rewarding and everything just flows <laughs> rewarding is the best the the best way to to put that right because you know I'm, I'm young and I you know I'm really open and honest about everything I'm like hey I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna screw some things up along the way but I hope to develop a relationship with you strong enough where you're gonna be able to tell me when that is and I'm gonna work as hard as physically possible to yeah to fix those mistakes and to never do them again that's one thing I you know I'm usually pretty good about is you tell me once and it's all you're ever gonna have to do right like I I live and learn yeah and Jordy um I'll just share a really really well-kept secret with you right now (laughs) (laughs) but even when you're old you'll still make those mistakes totally seem to go away but that's okay it's about being humble right (laughs) it's about admitting when you've made a mistake (laughs) at least if i make those mistakes i can make them in a different way (laughs) yes yes this is true it's just an elevated mistake after that (laughs) exactly oh man so you know about our people make the world beautiful uh premise i guess um, so I always love to ask if you have a people make the world beautiful story. Is there one that you would be interested in sharing today with the listeners? Yeah, there was this guy who came in OJ's a few years ago when I was bartending. Um, it was Valentine's Day and he had bought a big bouquet of roses um, for his date. Um, he unfortunately got stood up. Um, oh no. I know I was super sad. Um, but you know what he did instead of you know weeping his sorrows I guess was he and gave an individual rose from that bouquet to every girl that was in there that wasn't with another man obviously um yeah and handed them a rose and wished them a happy valentine's day um and then to top that off he ended up coming back so yeah he ended up coming back at Easter so late night um and of course I recognized him from yeah what happened on valentine's day we got to chatting about how grateful we were and all that kind of stuff and he decided to take care of everyone's bill who were currently sitting in the restaurant at the time Um, now luckily it wasn't a friday night where we were packed um but yeah his bill was probably well over five between five and eight hundred bucks um yeah and that's he wanted to take care of people um and yeah i thought that was i thought that was super beautiful right from, from getting stood up, turning that into something positive for other people, and then coming back again to show how, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he was doing it to show off, but 
um, yeah, it was super special. So. so you're on this like journey right now uh, to opening a new restaurant, which you kind of mentioned at the start, <laughs> yes. which is Beaumont. It's going to be an original Joe's. And um, I know the community out there is super excited for it. Um, I did a keynote out there last year and there's like 150 people in a room. And when I said we were getting an original Joe's out there, the place nearly fell over uproar. So <laughs> they were pretty excited. Um, what are you most excited for in this journey right now for yourself and your adventure going to Beaumont? Um, right now I'm, so right now I'm training at a bunch of different locations. So I'm, I'm stoked that I get to go around to location, location hopping and, and meeting you know, meeting so many incredible other leaders, incredible um, other yeah employees and people who have beautiful stories and um, yeah, I'm I'm focusing on staying present right now through all this. I guess um, I also am yeah I'm trying to stay super healthy through all this because I know when Beaumont opens, it's going to be balls to the wall and I'm not going to have very much time. For the first little while, but um, I'm most excited about um, getting back into that almost small town, hometown community feel. Um, not that Edmonton doesn't have that, but it, it's just different, right? Grand, you know, being from Grand Prairie, like we were the only OJs there, right? So whenever there was talk about OJs, it was one place, the same staff member, right? If you know, you talked about the server with red hair at OJs you knew who that was, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot different in the city, I guess. You just have so many other locations. I don't think that's any less um, influential, I guess. But um, yeah, I'm just excited to be a part of um, something that is about to liven up the community of Beaumont. Like you said, they've been super eager and excited to have this open for years. And um, I'm super honored that I get to, yeah, be the one um, heading this adventure, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's great that you're bilingual too, because that's our bilingual town. So you're going to get a lot of that there. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, I haven't fluently spoken in a long time, but um, yeah, it's coming back to me. I, I listen to the French radio here and there to, to kind of, yeah. Get back in. Yeah, to freshen up a little bit, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. I'm excited. Nice. That's awesome. Um, so you actually asked me, and I hadn't done this for a while, and I wanted to say thanks for reminding me about this, because this was such a great little piece that I kind of stopped doing, but uh, you asked me about a local business shout out for the podcast today, and I think, you know, deep in COVID, we were doing that a lot because there was a lot of businesses closed, but I, I still think that that's a beautiful part of the podcast. So uh, first of all, thanks for reminding me <laughs> to bring it back. And I know that you had a local business you wanted to shout out today. Do you want to tell me about them? Yeah, I'd like to uh, shout out my friends Adam, Amanda, and Cole, and the rest of the team at Snake Lake Brewing Company uh, in Sylvan Lake, Alberta. They make some incredible beers, and they are even better people to be around. Um, if you're ever passing through or even driving between Edmonton and Calgary, uh, Sylvan Lake is only 15 minutes off the highway. Uh, stop in and grab a pint of their Sidewinder IPA. That's my favorite beer in the world. Um, but any of their beers surely won't disappoint. Um, and then, yeah, I have another little bit of a surprise too is um, my friends at Snake Lake wanted to find a way to support um, 
Discovering Hospitality, um, Ali and myself uh, and Original Joe's. So they have given us 10 gift baskets to give away. Um, they're gonna mail it directly to your home. Um, we're gonna do something unique this week and reward our listeners. So check the notes on this podcast and social media for details on how to get your hands on one of these uh, stellar gift baskets. That's super cool. Thanks, Jordy. <laughs> I know that you are really close with Adam from Snake Lake. Um, and you really, yeah, you really appreciate everything he does. And it's clear that he's one of those people that makes the world beautiful. So that's super sweet that he would want to support us uh, yeah, like that. You send him a text and you tell him the beer tastes funny and it doesn't matter where you are in Alberta. He'll, he'll drive up there himself and he'll come and see what's up. So yeah, they're good people. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, I think uh, craft beer is such an incredible thing because the beer itself is unique, but then you get all of these cool stories behind it, you know? And um, yeah, like every, every kind of craft brewery, but I know Snake Lake has a cool one too. So I'm going to try and reach out to Adam and see if we can get him on this podcast at some point here too. Yeah, that would be really cool. They've got, they got a super cool story. So um, yeah, I think, I think he'd be super grateful to, to jump on with you here. Awesome. So I'm having a, a thought as you're talking about these uh, Snake Lake gift packs. I think this is super fun. And I think it's cool to be able to reward our listeners. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw in a hundred dollar gift card for one lucky listener too, to original Joe's or state in Maine. So we will actually give away 11 prizes. <laughs> and I know really throwing down <laughs> and uh, let's have some fun with this. Let's get some new people involved and some new listeners. So like, like uh, Jordy said, make sure just check the notes and we'll figure out how we'll do this together. But uh, we'll put something cool on social media and we'll have some fun with it. So yeah, that's awesome. Right and also, anytime we do these, uh, I always like to do our lightning round closer. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get to know about this. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. But the whole point is that it's just like comes from the heart, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's no response. <laughs> I'm nervous. Okay, first question. This one's a real brain teaser. What is your favorite song of all time? Mm. Country Roads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. John Denver, it means a lot to me and my family. Yeah. So we, 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 whenever we get together, we sing that, you know, a dozen times from the bottom of our hearts, we, and we belch it, so, yeah. What's currently inspiring you in your world and your life as a leader, anything? What's, what's inspiring you to get up out of bed every day right now? I have, yeah, I went and got tested for, for COVID the other day and I saw how well put together um, the testing center was, but I had these like weird, not flashbacks because I obviously didn't live through through it, but yeah, you know, seeing, you know, movies about, you know, the world war, and how different things could have been, you know, and how lucky we are right now that we're, you know, we're just getting asked to put masks on and to stay clean, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we, yeah, I, I, I think we forget um, how lucky we are in this sense right now. We're, we're not wandering the streets with missiles over our head and bombs dropping in our, in our cities, right? Like, I think, I think I'm, yeah, 
I'm inspired by um, all the healthcare workers right now, and I'm inspired by how well a lot of us are are uh, battling through this unprecedented time, I guess. Cool. That's awesome. You know, I was talking about my grandpa, my papa, were Scottish the other day, and he's been gone for a couple of years now, but he, um, he was in the British Navy, and uh, he was sent to war when he had just turned 17 years old. So he was put on a boat and didn't return home for seven years. Like, I just can't even, you know, you just like can't even really imagine what that would be, you know? being that age and having that happen. So yes, very, very grateful for people who have sacrificed their lives to give us the life we have now too. We oh, totally not be complaining. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. We have, yeah. Yeah. I'm about to go on vacation still, right? Like yeah. I can't, I can't complain about having to wear a face mask. So yeah, you gotta go see your family for sure. Yeah. First date, <laughs> you're cooking for a first date. What meal would you cook? Ooh, uh -huh. you want to impress. <laughs> That's it. I was actually just asking, do I want to impress or do I want to get her out of my house? <laughs> you want to impress her. <laughs> I would probably whip out my sushi roller and I would, we would. Oh yeah do some sushi because that's something you could do yeah and I haven't I you know that reminds me I should definitely get back into it I haven't cooked some sushi in a while but yeah I definitely would pick some sushi some Japanese food for sure cool so this actually wasn't in the lightning round I still have one more question after this so this is coming to mind um what what was your favorite meal that your grandma taught you to make I don't have a favorite meal off the top of my head but we make this awesome homemade Caesar salad dressing and she knows it's my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's the best Caesar salad dressing in the entire world. Um, it, yeah, it's so, so garlicky and so delicious. Um, so it's not a meal, but um, I love, yeah, I love jumping in and, you know, grabbing the ingredients and cooking and, you know, mixing that all up with my grandma, with my Nana. And yeah, that's definitely, yeah, that's I would say that's my favorite for sure. Do you think Nana would share it with me? <laughs> oh, that'd be a tough one. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You might I don't have to do something really nice for her. I'll send her some chocolates. Yeah, <laughs> I think you would for sure. And then last question, Jordy, is what are you grateful for today? <laughs> you know, what am I grateful for today? I am grateful for the life I've been able to live the last three years. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been just kind of thinking about my, yeah, I've been thinking about my story the last 24 hours or so. And yeah, I've done some really, really cool shit. And, um, yeah, not lots of people have, you know, got to see the things that I've seen, meet the people that I've met and, um, accomplish the things that I've accomplished at my age. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful for the process of all this. So. All right, Jordy. So as we wrap this up today, um, I'm wondering if there's anything maybe I didn't ask you or anything else maybe you'd like to say to our listeners before, before we close up today. 
I'll leave that ball in your court. Uh, yeah, well, thanks. Um, uh, all I really want to say is um, if you're hardworking, um, dedicated, and um, passionate, uh, you can achieve anything you set out to do. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. I think you've been a shining example of that in this podcast uh, today. And, you know, um, I think that uh, it's funny sometimes when we're in in our own stories, we don't see it as much. And I think people are going to really enjoy listening to your podcast and hearing your story and hearing about all of your adventures. And um, yeah, I just want to say thanks again for sharing your journey with me. I'm really, really grateful. I'm grateful for you. Thank you very much for having me. No problems. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Another week of discovering hospitality and one more amazing guest on to share their beautiful stories. Thank you so much to all of you, our listeners, for your continued support. The success of this podcast is totally because of all of you. And to that, I owe my deepest gratitude. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And as always, don't forget to rate, leave a review, and subscribe to this podcast. I love hearing your feedback. And remember, the world is always made more beautiful by people like you. Don't ever forget it. Until next week, take care, everyone, and we'll see you then.